Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials. Here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Kim Morrison is an NLP practitioner and you also have your own essential oil brand. What else do you do? <laughs> what else do you have? Because you're, yeah, it's yeah, inspiring. Yeah. Look, at, like you guys, passionate about health, well-being, passionate about being the best version we can be. So for me, essential oils started really back when I was 19. I, you know, you, you know you're in the right place at the right time. I was working in a gymnasium in Melbourne and right next door to that was a wellness therapies college. And I walked past one day and I saw the sign 10-week aromatherapy and massage course. It was $180. I had $100. It was $160. I had $180 in my bank account and I signed up. <laughs> and when I walked in, I just there's those feelings sometimes. You know you're in the right place. Mm. I was 19, just about to turn 19. And I didn't know where life was going to go. I didn't know what it was going to look like. I was passionate about sport. I'd played netball to a very high level. And it was while I was there in Melbourne that I started that course that I started to really get the essence of why I have such a passion around being in nature, smells, um, making sure that you can use certain products on your body to get the best out of yourself. And it was during that time that part of my sports massage and nutrition diploma was we had to get 200 hours up in the community. And I thought the quickest way to do that would be to go to an ultra marathon event. <laughs> so I went to a 24-hour race and got assigned to a guy called Cliff Young. And that gentleman, for many young people, wouldn't know that name, but he won the inaugural Sydney to Melbourne race at 68 years of age. So a 1,000 Ks. And I'll never forget watching the uh, interview he did at the end of that race. They turned around to Cliffy and he looked terrible. You can imagine after 10 days of running down a highway. <laughs> and they said, Cliffy, you know, all the other younger guys, they didn't stop. Uh, you know, they, they stopped and, and would have breaks at different hotels, but you just kept going. And I'll never forget Cliffy looking up at, at the guy interviewing him and went, I didn't realise I could. And those words <laughs> have never left me. Mm. Imagine if we didn't realise we couldn't do something yeah. or imagine realising it was always possible. Yeah. And so I got assigned to him, used the oils. He loved it in this 24-hour race. And it was at about 2 o'clock in the morning. He said to me, what do you think of these ultras? And I looked and I said, I have to be honest with you, it's the most boring thing on the planet. Imagine watching 40 <laughs> athletes run around a 400-meter track mm -hmm. for 24 hours. And he said, well, why don't you put your money where your mouth is and run one? And I thought, I'd much rather run one than watch one. Yeah. So I went and filled out a form. And three months later, I was lined up to do my first 12-hour race. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> How'd you go? How'd you go yeah. through it? <laughs> so lining up for that, I, I'd never run beyond 10Ks in my life. Never had run that far, only uh, wow. to that distance. Lined up on the track, and I remember Cliffy coming up to me saying, look, I've just got one word of advice. It's 90% mental, 10% physical. I went, yeah, 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 I was 19. I yeah, got this. Yeah, yeah, got this, got this. <laughs> and one of the other um, race directors, it was run by Sri Chinmoy, and the line was, the race is not always to the swift, but to those that keep on running. And as I started off on that race, feeling great, at about the four-hour mark, that's when I met the real me. The real me started going, are you kidding? You've still got bloody eight hours to go. What are you doing? This is madness. Why would you want to do this? And this constant battle of the mind really came in, and that's when Cliffy said, you're about to meet the real you. So I battled. I quit the race about four times, and every time I went into the pit stop tent, Cliffy would just come past and tap his head and tap his heart, and oh, and then, <laughs> and then this guy said to me, do you want DNF next to your name? Did not finish. That got me up off my butt, <laughs> and I just kept putting one foot in front of the other. Mm. Uh, at the end of that race, they put the sandbag down when the gong goes off, and Turns out I won that race. I ran 95.4 kilometres. And as they gave me my trophy, they turned around and they said, because you've done so well, you've won a place to represent Victoria in the 24-hour championships. <laughs> now, everybody's clapping and cheering, but inside I'm going, shit, 
<laughs> I got to do that all over again, twice as long. Oh my god! But it was a challenge, and it was amazing. And I did run the world champ, uh, the Victorian champs. And did you finish the twenty-four hour? Yes. Um, well, trained I, for that one though. I trained <laughs> a bit more for that. Yeah. I trained a bit more, but you know, running for tw- I'd never been awake for twenty-four hours, let alone wow. run twenty-four hours. Yeah. And it's interesting if everybody looks at their clock right now and looks at the time and then remembers 24 hours ago yesterday, all of those hours, what you've achieved and done and mm. accomplished and all of that, and imagine running around a 400-metre track for all of that time. Wow. The most exciting thing that occurs in those races is that we change direction every six hours. So that's really not really Fuck. a spectator sport. Yeah. But this is where I really started to use the oils in combination with my desire to finish the race. I, mm. of course, set out hoping to win it, um, but halfway through the race realised actually finishing it would be amazing. Yeah. Um, but that is even more so when the real me appeared. I I quit that race eight times. I went into the pit stop tent and kept going, I can't, I've just got nothing left. And then coaches and different people would say things that would kind of get me out of my haze of negativity. And one of the things that Cliffy said because I was getting really frustrated. One of the girls kept calling me Pookie. She meant it endearingly, but every time I came round the 400 metres, she'd go, well done, Pookie. And I can honestly say after about six, seven hours of that, it <laughs> felt like Chinese tap torture. Yeah. Um, and I started getting really angry oh. and wanted to use her as the reason why I couldn't yeah. finish. And one of my coaches said, well, you can either get angry with that or you can just put one foot in front of the other and get back out on the track. And so, yeah, I pushed through what they call the graveyard shift, which is midnight to 6 a.m. A couple of my aromatherapy teachers turned up and were doing compresses and using oils like black pepper, lemongrass, grapefruit, tea tree, all to help with negative mindset and thinking. And they Mm. were whispering things in my ears. And I did. I kept going back out on the track, sniffing. And then you'd walk a little bit. And then all of a sudden you'd go, actually, I feel okay. And I'd run. The, the gong goes off after 24 hours and it turns out I ran the last two hours of that race quicker than the first two hours because wow. they said to me with two hours to go, the Victorian champion is catching you. How bad do you want it? Wow. And I just thought, I haven't <coughs> run for 22 hours not to finish <laughs> yeah, this. I so I pushed hard and not only did I win it, but um, I set a world record for being the youngest female to run 100 miles Whoa, in yeah. less than 24 hours. So I ran 168.5 Ks and when they gave me my trophy, they said, well done, you've won a place to represent Australia at the World Indoor 24-Hour <laughs> Championships. Like, God, this is never going to end. 48-Hour Championships. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no yeah. I quit that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I did, I ended up, my dream of playing netball for New Zealand ended up running for Australia in the UK. So wow. amazing story using yeah, the oils. That's and, crazy. And then over there I set eight indoor world uh, eight indoor Australian records. Um and just yeah, it was a very interesting time of my life. Yeah, that sounds that sounds amazing. I just think of um David Goggins so much. Mm. Like, you know, that like mindset of just pushing through because that's just like something not many of us get to to do nowadays we're so comfort you know so yeah there's not many times in life that people get hit that hit that wall and, and are able to break through or even just put in an opportunity to to see that part of themselves yeah yeah that's I think like maybe like a vipassana would you would you say a vipassana would be oh it can't be similar because <laughs> i mean one's physical one's yeah. meant a lot more in, inside have you done a vipassana is that the 10 day, ten day yeah yeah no that yeah. would be torture to me yeah that's yeah <laughs> yeah i um i in my last mma fight the first round i got lit up and i remember feeling so broken and thinking how am i gonna go out in the second round <laughs> and somehow pull it together and like i don't know if i won the second round or almost won the second round but it was like that's what that reminds me of of like being so utterly exhausted just getting bashed in front of my friends and family and then having to pull it together and you don't think you can but you just do when you're an autopilot sometimes well you have to i guess if yeah swing that, yeah mm, and it's all in the track the prep hey yeah yeah mm. it, the, i um like i i think about like what i what i see when i see you is i see someone that's still got the curiosity for life and i, I think people lose that and they it doesn't mean they lose it at a certain age i see people lose it in the early 20s you know and they just see everything as it's like science minded and i i, I try to think of like you know, that the sun, they say the sun's, you know, hydrogen in this instead of like it being a fucking crazy magic sun up there, you know? Mm. And I see a similarity between you and your friend group. And it's it's like, 
like Cindy, Cindy O'Meara, who's been on the podcast, who's, who's um, you guys have listened to, but it's, you are who you hang out with and, and all you girls are almost an example, well, are, are an example for younger girls at what you can be like. Cause I know, you know, my girlfriend Bree, she's like, she lords you guys, you know? And a lot of the girls like, oh, Cindy Kim, like it's mm. the example that you don't have to all of a sudden just be like a typical mum and you like just fucking go getters like business wise and just just get shit done yeah so pretty cool to see it's inspiring and it gives you energy like even like that might have not have felt much yesterday but i really needed that coffee with you guys i don't know what it was but it was just the universal lining and uh, i had a coffee with kim and and danny and uh what's your friend's name again kita kita yeah who's lovely and uh, i just had a coffee and i just left there i honestly felt um inspired and um, I don't know, so Danny said something to me. I was going to film Australia Zoo and he said something like, oh, that's good. You know, like I can't remember what he said, but I just remember feeling so good after it. And, mm. and I went to work with a completely different attitude. I was like, fuck you, I'm going to rip this day a new one. Like, mm. I don't know what just it was. Positivity but, rubs off. But hey. Yeah, it's like even just maybe it might have been just energy. But yeah, it's inspiring to see people that are a little bit older, have lived a lot more and and still have that curiosity, like you said, still a healthy still like we we have wise elders you know to look up to and um i didn't have a lot of that growing up mm, yeah uh, like you know my elders were in old people's home and sick and diabetes and alzheimer's all my elders mm. were had alzheimer's so it was just like that was my example i was like oh you get old and, and that's you sit on the chair for you know yeah. six hours and we're not talking old like yeah i like mid 40s onwards mm. like my some of my people i know um knee reconstructions hip hip reconstructions mm. things like that because because their body's made of just made yeah, of made not of optimal dead food yeah dead food yeah yeah like you go to the IGA and you see like <laughs> fucking just dead food and i'm like whoa these people run off like oh, the chick was in there the other day man her and a kid and it was like all these chips two two liter things of coca-cola and like shapes or something and i was just like fuck this is like insane this is how people live and you forget that you know i'd part of that really when I was a young mum always fed me good food but I was still learning mm. other things but it's um it's crazy like when have you always been into health you know you always looked after yourself in that way I think so I mean my mum mum and dad split when I was nine I had to go through a sexual abuse court case um my I'd been abused for quite some time um and so when I look back at that time at the age of nine when I went through the court case my nana died and my mum and dad split I remember sitting there thinking, this isn't, I remember at nine thinking, this isn't what life's all about. And whether it was because my mum took this guy to court and he was put in prison for what he did, that gave me the sense of it wasn't my fault. Um, life has got so much more to offer. Sport was probably my saviour, I mm. have to say. Uh, netball just became my dream, my goal. Wanted to be a silver fern got to the under 21 level and just use sport as the metaphor for life and and I love being fit I love being strong love being healthy and I was passionate about it and then I wanted to learn more so when I was working at the gym in Melbourne I remember thinking you know there's got to be more which is why mm. I studied nutrition muscles uh, massage wanted to learn more about reflexology I did my uh, aromatherapy diploma, did homeopathical therapy, and I'm sure you guys will appreciate, but the more you learn, the more you realise you don't know. Mm -hmm. And that curiosity totally. and that desire to keep learning and growing is just incredible. Is the most important bit, hey? It's like we never know it all. But something you just brung up, um, sexual abuse. Um, I had something similar when I, was, when I was a kid, and it really confused me to the point of like, I didn't know if I was gay or I just didn't know until I slept with a girl when I was like 14 or something like that. I was like, and I didn't like it. I was like, oh no, maybe I am gay. <laughs> like, I don't know, but I wasn't attracted to guys or anything like that. But the sexual abuse thing is such a big thing. Like what's a, what would you say is like the most freeing? I, I know for me, it was like when I talked about it or when I opened up to people about it, would you say that's like the biggest thing? Like my, my dad was sexually abused as well. And he's just so open about it and something we kind of hide. But would you say like talking about it is just such a massive thing for the healing process of it? It could be. I mean, yes, there's a lot of clients I work with now that have been through, um, you know, hideous situations. I was asked to speak at an event a couple of, oh, about a year and a half ago, a lady who wrote a book called Dangerous Animals in the Home. She'd been abused for many years by her dad. 
and I was asked to speak and I'd never talked about it publicly, mm. not because I had any shame or remorse or guilt or worry or fear, just just probably because it was so cleared from me. I didn't really feel this need to talk about it. And the organisers of the event said, we can't wait to hear you speak, you know, like, <laughs> you know, give us a mic drop. And, and I had this whole thing written about what I was going to say. Mm. And after listening to four of the five speakers, I was the fifth speaker, three of those four had been abused. And I just, I stood there as I was waiting to go up on stage and I thought, this is way bigger than we think. And so I stood up and I said, well, your book is called Dangerous Animals in the Home. I'd probably call it Dangerous Predators in Your uh, Community. Mm. And it was the butcher next door that had abused me. No irony that I probably don't eat meat. But um, <laughs> but the interesting thing about it was I stood there and I said, you know what, we're here to celebrate the writing of this book, this beautiful woman speaking her truth. And I'm just curious, there's 250 people in this room and right here, right now, there's little children being abused, there's people uh, abusing and my question is, is, if we don't start talking about this, what's are we giving it permission to continue? It's been going on for thousands of years and I'm sure it will continue to go on sadly. But the more we call these people out and the more we start to address why is this happening, why would a grown man think it's okay to do this to young children and I think that's the real question what's yeah. happening in society that allows or thinks for people to think it's okay to do this and so yeah I called it on that and I told my story and talked about how you know I'd walk into the butcher shop to get the the meat for mum and dad they owned the dairy the milk bar next door he'd lock the door and he'd take me out the back and do all sorts of things and it was big buckets of tongues and hearts oh and goodness. carcasses oh, and fucking horror movie. And then yeah. he'd get the, those big, um, those big horrible knives. And he, after he'd finished doing what he wanted to do, he'd then chop this meat right through bones. And he'd go, you know, anyone that tells secrets might lose a hand, kind of thing. So I never said a word. It was only when he started doing it to my sister that she turned around and said something to mum at the age of five. And my mother just thought, "What five-year-old makes this up?" And if he was doing it to her, is he doing it to me? And that's where it all came out. But the sad thing that happened when it all came out, no one believed us. Mm. The community actually turned on my mother oh. and actually thought she, we were the, the baddies, which I thought was really interesting at the age of nine. And maybe that was the platform for me to really believe in my mum. My mum and I were team, like mum had me at 17 um, you know, we had a, I had a younger brother and sister. I kind of became mum's right-hand person when we left dad. And I just stepped into that protector, probably, role and model and really loved being that person for my mum. Some would say maybe I lost my childhood. I think it's what made me who I am today. Mm. And And there wasn't just that butcher. There was two other guys that abused me as well. And that's when I went you know, wow, what, is, what does this all mean? But luckily for me, you know, because of that, or maybe in spite of that, my first boyfriend, I was with him for five years. We had a beautiful relationship. I was determined not to be that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I remember hearing the story once. There were twins, and they're in their mid-twenties. One was a complete derelict out on social welfare. The other one was an entrepreneur, highly successful. They asked the derelict, why do you think you are the way you are? And he said, because my dad's an alcoholic. And when they asked the entrepreneur why he was so successful, the other twin, he said, because my father's an alcoholic. <laughs> so yeah. I think what I've learned, it's not what happens to you in life. It's how we respond to it and then how we choose to show up in spite of that. Yeah, that's fucking such a, a good, fresh turnaround and someone that's um, empowered now. And that I can see it has no control over you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it really it's, has. You really seem um, like your energy just feels grounded or centered. You know, when you, I don't know, you can pick up a lot with our guests or anyone when they sit down, or you just feel like whether they're in they're in flow. You know, <laughs> do you get that feeling yeah. with people when you meet them? Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, and you definitely feel like you're in flow. Like you, you've done a lot of healing on. On all of that stuff, and that's probably where where yeah. our work lies too. Eh? And like you would you would help so many people now because you've experienced it, and so many people listen to this. Like I heard this thing about weight loss yesterday, and apparently the stat was like fifty percent of overweight people have been sexually abused. And then you could take that as 
you know, other, the other extremities, they get extremely into fitness and get strong and, and, um, you know, run for a hundred Ks and <laughs> like it's mm. all, all their own ways, but they can, mm. they can look on trying to look, feel bigger and feel safe that no one will attack them. Yeah. How crazy is this? Yeah. That's what Paul says. He says that, um, yeah, usually if, um, when you're training, you know, HLC side of that, it's because they want to feel protected. So they, they store, store the weight to feel safe. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's what's so good but, about the jujitsu way. Eh? Yeah. 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 We started yeah. for listeners. We started the female only jujitsu last night and, um, it was so cool. It was so cool. Mm, hey, yeah. it was honestly like that would have been the biggest female jits class mm. in Australia, probably. You know yeah. what I mean? There was like 30, yeah. bit over 30 girls. I yeah. Think. Or more. Yeah. Yeah. There's quite a few. And like good, like female energy. Like I feel Callan's like one, like 10 girls equals Callan's like even out. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really good to see Callan drop into like a softer, really soft nature. And yeah, the vibe was crazy. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. just like, they were like all like, <laughs> giggling and stuff and just lo- like within five minutes none of these girls like a couple knew each other but basically none of them knew each other and they with sat in a circle and they all just started talking and you by the end it was just like so loud they were all talking <laughs> choking each other yeah out and, and they're giggling choking each other and then i saw like a couple of them or heaps of them they got it like they got the choke and they actually understood it and then i saw that like the energy just like, whoa, I can choke someone to death if I want, you know? <laughs> and honestly, like mm. so it's, I've hit people listening, like for an example, like yours, obviously you're really young, but um, even as you're older, like if you have, I say like six months of jujitsu training, there's, if, and if a guy doesn't have that, you, he doesn't stand a chance, you know what I mean? That's mm. how powerful it is, mm. but um, it's pretty cool. It was really cool. Yeah. So the next question I was going to ask you was, about essential oils and it was, if you could have one essential oil like if you could have <laughs> just one that like all right this is essential oil, i'm on an island and i only get this one essential oil <laughs> why and what <laughs> oh my favorite without doubt the, you know there's over 400 essential oils that you can purchase throughout the world um my favorite without doubt is rose oil um it is the queen of essential oils it is the vibrational frequency matches that of love it's um, considered the absolute quintessential oil for love, for self-love, for romance, for care, for acknowledging. If you look at the petals of a rose flower, very smooth, but if you zoom right in, it's very akin to the skin of, of our bodies and it's got that little velvet, um, but it's tough and it's it's soft and it's beautiful mm. and the rose is just one of those beautiful flowers that we even have, you know, lines, mm. smell the roses. Yeah. Um, don't forget to do that. So I think rose, and it's highly healing, it's very good for bringing in that feminine energy, but mm. not feminine necessarily just soft, that power, mm. fierce lioness energy as well. So yeah, that's definitely an oil I have used throughout my life and I would wear it daily. It's my perfume. It's mm. the most expensive of all the oils. It takes a good, ton of rose good. petals to <laughs> fill a 10 mil bottle. Wow. So the yield is very low. A uh, which ton. Is, it takes a ton. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, to fill 10 mils. So that's why the price tag is so high. Wow. Yet we sell 70 times more rose oil in the world than there is actually manufactured and produced, which then brings into the other thing of the adulteration. Seventy percent of our industry is adulterated. So to get pure essential oils, you yeah. you may or may not know uh, price is a great a great factor. Yeah. But also it's really the company that you buy from, the ethos mm. of that company and what you believe in and how they are. So yeah, Rose is without doubt my number one. Well and you put it on the skin? Yeah. Uh, that one I wear personally, uh, you know, straight from the bottle. I'll put half a drop because it's so expensive, yeah. half a drop, and I'll put it on the, the perfume points. I'll often wear it on my heart. Like the day I got married um, to Danny 29 years ago, I put a drop on my heart, our two mums, the bridesmaids, mm-hmm. and we walked up the aisle with Rose. Cool. Um, I also use it tomorrow. I sadly am leading the service for a beautiful soul here on mm. the Sunshine Coast, gorgeous Lauren Gaylard, who owns Zenko Yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, on days of, re- it's the oil for grief as well. So I'll always mm. place it on my heart to connect into that heart space, that heart energy, but also to give me that that, that mana, that strength, that respect for self so that Fuck I can yeah. step into that and be mm. a person who can hold space for others. And to do that, I have to hold space for me. So, yeah, because yeah. you, you marry people as well. Yeah, I love and it. I know you married Laura. 
Lauren. Yeah, Lauren, sorry. Yes. Um, yeah, that's crazy. And so do you wear it when you... Yep. <laughs> Everyone yeah. always says, you smell amazing. Like, <laughs> it's just rose oil. It's rose oil. <laughs> that's such a good thing for lowering physiological load because all these girls and guys just put chemicals all over themselves. I never really <laughs> thought about um, as a coach tip, like just use a really nice... 21 essential oil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, if you put the oils on, you, your skin also, your pheromones, your chemistry will change. So I could put rose oil on, you could put a drop of rose oil on, you could put a drop on, and it could smell quite different. Mm. Whereas if we put on a synthetic perfume, um, Chanel Number no. 5 was came out in the 1930s, I think it was, it is identical today to what it was in the 1930s. That's the beauty of synthetics. You can actually replicate exactly what you want. Mm. But I can promise you, rose oil that was distilled in 1930s compared to today will have a very different, what we call a mass spectrometry. You'd look at the chart and you'd see very different uh, major and minor constituents because it depends on where it's grown, when it's harvested, we get ours from Turkey or Bulgaria. The, the whole community comes together. It's hand-picked. It's yeah. the most incredible. One of my dreams is to take a group of people to Turkey to watch the extraction of rose, and I will do that in my lifetime. Yeah, sick. I took, I've taken two groups to France to see our lavender extracted, and that's just amazing. And the, the ones at the front of the group are men yeah. asking all these questions <laughs> because the science in behind essential oils or herbs and all of these things – is way beyond what someone would consider just a nice smelling little thing. So yeah. are you cleaning products in your home, essential oils as yep. well? Yeah. So I've got the only non-organic product I have in the range is what I call our Keep It Clean Drops, and that's lavender, eucalyptus, tea tree, and orange. High, um, beautiful antiseptic, antibacterial oils all together, and I just use drops. That's how I clean my floors, my benches, my bathrooms. It's just those four oils. Yeah, is there like a, a ratio, like say if someone using it as a cleaning product, say if I want lavender oil to clean my floors, is there a ratio that you would use? or No, I mean uh, just a few drops just a few is all drops. you need. But yeah. if I'm going to use it for cleaning, I don't usually go the high-priced organic yeah, yeah. oils. Yeah, yeah, I'll go the, the ones, even even buying a bottle of eucalyptus or tea tree from the supermarket is yeah. great to clean the house with. So, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, But I'd rather that than harsh chemicals and things like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Because at the moment, everyone, the whole problem on the Sunshine Coast at the moment is mould. And I've had clients come in with all these mould problems because of the well, everywhere because of the rain. Do you have like uh, diffusers running through your house and, and times like that? Yes. And I mean, I use my diffuser every day okay. and I've got different rooms with diffusers. So every morning my ritual is to write, light the three diffusers or switch them all on um, and they're in different rooms of the house. We have ventilation, so I've got a beautiful little pussycat. If she wants to come and go, <laughs> she can come and go. Um, but because all high-quality essential oils are antiseptic and antibacterial to a lesser or greater degree, you're actually purifying the home as well. So, you know, my belief is less is more, so you only need six drops in each diffuser. Um, it's not a huge amount that you need to use because they're highly concentrated substances. Mm. But if you imagine using them, and I use them on my body, there's not a day I've missed since I was 19 um, oh, okay. of use of what I call aromatically dressing or daily body boosting. I've used oils on my body every day. I use them through pregnancy, use them through birth. Actually, that's not true. The births were so quick, I never got the oils out <laughs> in time. But I've used them definitely with my children. Um, Danny played cricket for New Zealand for 10 years, so we used them a lot while he was playing to help calm nerves, to help mm. um, bring out that, that <clears throat> fire masculine energy when he was going out to bowl. And, mm. you know, he was bowling at 150, 160 Ks an hour, mm. so we'd use really yang oils for that. Uh, and then I would balance it using the very yin oils. But there's, to me, no right or wrong with aromatherapy. Just notice that less is more. So mm. don't think I've got a really bad headache. I need more drops. If anything, I'd use less and with more intent. And intention behind anything holistic is, I think, 90% of its success. Yeah. Do, do you have a like a favourite diffuser that you would recommend or anything like that? Or oh, well, I'm a bit biased. I mean, okay. we've got our own beautiful, oh, we designed one that has a bamboo veneer. Um, the ultrasonic vibration really allows the extraction, uh, sorry, the, the um, evaporation of those oils into the atmosphere. It's beautiful. But any of the electric diffusers are fantastic. Yeah. Some of my favourites also are candle diffusers where you can put a beautiful candle inside a ceramic um, vessel and then allow that. That's beautiful to use at night. But most people these days are using beautiful electric diffusers. 
That's mm. so good. I can imagine your house would just be like this calm. Like. <laughs> it's so nice. <laughs> but it was a really good way to to create calm in the home when my mm. kids were little. Yeah. Um, or I'd do rituals with them. Like, you know, for most of us mums, life can get crazy and full on. And we try to be the best mums, but we yell, we scream, we cry, we hurt, we worry, we do all of those things, as I'm sure many men and dads do as well. Mm. And so I would, instead of, you know, for, for many people, they think that having children or having a business is an excuse not to take care of themselves. I say that's more of a reason why we should. Mm. So instead of going, I don't have 20 minutes, I learned transcendental meditation when I was pregnant with Taylor, my first child. So instead of, um, you know, once I had a child, there was many, very few days where I got to meditate twice a day for 20 minutes. Um, not because I couldn't make the time, but probably because my focus was so intent on her. And then I started realizing that I called them triple M's, micro moments of mindfulness. You're better off to do a whole lot of 10 second rituals than you are a whole lot of no rituals at all. So if the kids were fractious and full on, instead of blaming them or worrying about how tired or unwell we were, I'd go, tonight is a candle bath. And they'd go, (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> and that meant they got to light a candle each with the match. They got to choose. I'd put out the certain oils, but they thought they were being really clever, but it was all the calming oils. Mm-hmm. They'd choose one or two each. We'd put two drops into the bath. I, if we had the big baths, depending where we were living, we'd all hop in. But my rule was for one whole minute, we had to watch the clock. None of us were allowed to speak. And they'd go, okay, and we just had the candle light. Well, that's cool. That one minute of silence where they thought they were playing this great game yeah. was actually me topping my tank. You yeah. know? And that was how I used the oils with my family mm. and how I brought it into their world. I remember when Taylor was about three, she had a terrible nightmare and she came and I she was crying and I went in and I said, What's wrong? She said, oh, I think it was Bugs Bunny bitter or something. And I said, oh, I'll make you an anti-nightmare blend, darling. And I used frankincense, lavender, margarine, beautiful oils and, and, and mandarin. And she looked at me and she goes, I don't like that name. And I went, oh, anti-nightmare. It's probably not really yeah. that appealing. And she goes, no, it's my angel fairy dust blend. <laughs> so the angel fairy dust blend became her blend, and that is now 28's instant calm no blend. No way, that's amazing. So, and then Jacob, when he was five, he came running into us, Danny and I, and he goes, today's cross country and I'm going to win. And I didn't want to go, mm, you might knock. Yeah. I don't want to plant that. I was yeah. like, that's awesome. What if another little boy is woken up today and told his parents, so what? He goes, I just need some speed drops. So I made a blend of black pepper and lime and, and yeah. basil and made this blend up and he called that speed drops and put those on him. And then at the age of five, I looked at Danny and I said, if he loses, he's your kid because yeah. he's so highly competitive. <laughs> anyway, he stands on the, he's at the starting line. He's going, I've got speed drops on. And I'm looking at him. All these kids are going, what are speed drops? And he goes, <laughs> You'll see. And I'm just looking at him. And then, of course, he crossed the line first. That's he looked back at me and he goes, like this. <laughs> and that's our energy and vitality blend. Wow. So that so blend that's is, is wow. wicked. That was my next question because Jake and I have a jiu-jitsu comp at the end of the month. And what would you recommend with that, I guess, for uh, for just – where it's basically fighting, right? So – energy for that one five minute round or a bit more than that but yeah oh totally and you know what the best thing is too we call it aromatic anchoring so leading up to any event use that blend so you might put a drop on your heart you'll be training really hard for that session um really anchor in that smell of success and that smell of winning and achieving and accomplishing then on the day of the event, just before you walk on, you place that on your heart, you take three deep breaths and you set that same freaking intention as what you did when you were training, guarantee you success. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I reckon we, we, we try that for sure. <laughs> I was just thinking, man, like how how it's so true. Like when you walk into a house and they say something like lavender and it's always a female's setup, right? Um <laughs> how nice that is and how immediately it takes you to a different mindset mm. and i've never thought about that i gotta start doing that in my life like have some aromas like how nice would it be getting home to dinner mm. from work and that there's uh, essential oil going and it would change everything it would change your reactions it would change your life yeah that's i got that uh, in my room and it's oh you use thieves i oh, love yes, i love yes. that thieves yeah. i just love the smell i don't know as soon as i smelt that up at uh, my friend kathy's house i was just like well, that's the, I just need that smell in my life. And yeah, I don't do it often, maybe like once or twice a week, but 
but I just because it's freaking dries you out. It feels like I remember I left it on all night once, and I woke up and my throat was like. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> you can you can use them in your room. I mean, they do they they do release um with water the vapor mm. gets into the air, so it shouldn't really dry you out. But um maybe I'll just sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And thieves is a blend that's very highly antiseptic and antibacterial. Yeah, so that's why I got it. I guess our equivalent would be immune boost, but it's mm. any of the immune boosting oils that you want to use when you're sick, not to mention cutting an onion in half and having that beside your bed, mm. um, which is a great way that releases beautiful, um, um, well, it doesn't smell beautiful, but it's yeah. incredible, the components that are released when you have an onion cut beside you when you're sick. So it can help mm. stop a cough as well. Yeah, right. I didn't know that. I thought that was, I don't know, I heard the onion thing, but I never knew why. I never knew it was about the smell. Well, yeah, the, yeah those little components. When you, when you understand how we smell, any aroma, those com- components are around in the air. Those, they travel up, those constituents travel up the olfactory system. Uh, they hit the limbic part of the brain. We then, depending on what constituents make up that plant or oil or smell or whatever, will depend on which parts of the body release certain chemicals and endorphins within us. So it usually happens within a two to four second um, radius. And then when you really focus on that and then bring into the power of breath, breath work, you can imagine how a smell can anchor in that strength, mm. that that real uh, intent for what it is that you want to achieve. Mm. Yeah, and you can, you can literally change your smell. I remember like years ago realising that, say, like girls – like the way you smell, like as in if you have a nice something. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. But I think heaps of guys undervalued that. And I remember my sister was talking to me about it. And um, <laughs> so anyone listen, yeah, that's that's a really good good way, I guess, to pick up. Is- well, well, the other thing to remember, if you're going to wear aftershave or Rexonas or things like that, they're synthetic smells. Mm. They're actually going to mask your pheromones. Mm. Now, before we had synthetic perfumes and and deodorants and things like that, we would use plants. We would use um, beautiful aromatic substances and combine that with our pheromones and our chemical release of our smell. You combine that and you are setting yourself up for a win every time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, like (laughs) say if it's like a plant, like a common plant and you're wearing it all the time and then that reminds the person – when they smell that, they think of you, and then say when they they smell it again, they'll think of you. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like it's a bit of a trip. I never thought of it like that. Yeah, for sure. Well, Danny and I, when we got married, on not only did we all have a drop of rose on our heart, mm. but on the tables of every table when they arrived, there was a candle diffuser sitting on each table, and it had a blend of ylang ylang, orange patchouli, rose, and uh, mandarin. And beautiful aphrodisiac oils and mm. gorgeous smells. That's and sick. ever since, and that's our romance and intimacy blend. And there's 30 children from that. <laughs> no, we had definitely two children came from that wedding. Whoa. One couple at the wedding came up to me and said, you know what, we've just watched you guys do this. We've both made a conscious decision to not be together anymore. Um, cool. So there was some really beautiful. Mm. But the beautiful thing about it, that blend, our romance and intimacy blend, um, which is also the oil for the blend for self love. Um, every anniversary, whether Danny and I are together or not, we both place that in our hearts. We'll talk or we'll go out if we're together or whatever. So every year for twenty nine mm. years, we've aromatically anchored that yeah. beautiful day. You guys seem like you have such a like just an open, free, playful, playful like yeah. free, free. It just seems free willish to me. Like it just seems like you guys trust each other so much, and you seem so. Um, like just best friends, yeah. like like the way you like giggle and and like kind of <laughs> net at each other and like <laughs> well, it's so good. Well, you know we've been together for a long time, but you know it's not been easy. It's not always a bed of roses. Mm. Danny's sister tragically took her life back in two thousand and five. Uh, Danny's career didn't end the way he wanted after he'd finished playing for New Zealand. Um, his sense of, I don't know if you can imagine running into bowl at the MCG with 110,000 yeah. people chanting your name to all of a sudden you're now nobody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always look at sportsmen, top athletes, and always feel that junk heap of life they get tipped onto when their use-by date is done. Yeah. Um, and I watched him fall. Um, then when his sister tragically died, he fell further. And then to take it even further, we lost our house in a property deal that went wrong. We moved over here. We put the rest of our money into Storm Financial and in 2009 with the GFC, we lost everything. Mm. 
So in that moment, Danny really is, as the provider, the hunter-gatherer, you know, for a lot of our men, they have to be strong. They think they've got this belief they have to, to provide and protect, and, and ultimately that's where they, they operate really well. And our job, I guess, is to nourish and nurture. That's where we operate really well. But my husband went into a very big hole, mm. and then because he was travelling away so much, um, found himself in a world of drugs, alcohol, partying, and I had no idea, mm. no idea. I was busy back here raising the kids. And then he'd come home and called it Morrison's Boot Camp because you'd come <laughs> home to my place and, you know, there's green drinks, there's yeah. garlic mm-hmm. and orange, you know, there's like just so many things that mm. were health orientated. But I knew there was something wrong and, um, yeah, really brought our world crashing down and took us a lot of therapy, a lot of support, a lot of work. Um, I'll never forget sitting with our therapist. She's 90 in French. <laughs> she just sat there and she goes, hmm. And darling, do you love this woman? And Danny would go, absolutely. And she goes, mm, do you love this man? And I went, yes. Yeah. And she goes, mm, when there's love, there is no problem. And she sent us away with that line. Well, when there is love, there is no problem. I yeah. nearly called my book that because mm. Fuck, that's if, a good name, isn't it? Really think about it. When there is love, there is no problem. Mm. And then another day, she sat there with us and she said, mm, my darlings, you know, because I was worried about the children and how this was going to affect us as a family. This perfect family all of a sudden was so broken and financially challenged. And I just launched 28, my business, and I was about to have a book come out. So everything was just one big cluster. Mm. And um, she just sat there and she said, oh, darlings, your job is not to show your children or to tell your children everything. Your job is to show your kids how to get through tough times. And that really, that was Mm. to me like the graveyard shift of my 24-hour race and someone in my ear saying, just one foot in front of the other, get back out on the track, Mm. lift yourself up. And I'll never forget lying in the shower one morning and I couldn't breathe. I just, I just didn't know. There was the only time in my life I've really felt like, (sighs) (laughs) I got got nothing, I got nothing. (laughs) And my girlfriend came in and she saw me and I'd actually, this probably sounds so crazy, but I whacked my head so hard on the tiles because I wanted that pain, not this pain. Mm. There's something about heart pain that you just oh, can't. It's the, hardest, oh, it's the hardest pain of all. And I remember whacking my head and thinking, I'm going crazy. <laughs> and she looked at me and she said, oh, darling. And I said, maybe this is a sign the universe is saying give up. You know, maybe we're not meant to do this business. Maybe I'm not meant to have this book. Maybe I'm not meant to do all this. And she looked at me and she goes, oh, maybe this is a sign that the universe is asking you how bad do you want it. Mm. And that was another, I've got to get back out on the track, you know, I've got to yeah. lift myself up. So, yeah, I think we all get challenged. We all have those graveyard shift moments, those, I call them bathroom floor moments. I remember another moment during that time lying on, I was in the fetal position on my bedroom floor, just rocking, not knowing <laughs> how the frick I was going to find $40,000 within two weeks. And I was just lying there rocking. And my grandmother had sadly just passed away. Mm-hmm. And, um, Jacob and Taylor and Danny came into the room and Danny was rubbing my back going, Baba, Baba. Taylor had a bottle of rose oil and she comes in and she goes, Mummy, and she was 11, Mummy, it's, it's rose oil, please smell the rose. Mm. And I was just like, and then <laughs> Jacob's going, what is your problem? And he was 10 and I just went, you guys are going to go. And so Danny took them down to the beach and they came back 45 minutes later. I hadn't moved. I was still mm. in that position. And then Taylor just said, mommy, please keep breathing. You tell us to breathe, you keep breathing. And then I asked them to leave because I hated them seeing me like that. And then Jacob's on the end of the bed and he looks down at me and he goes, what is your problem? <laughs> and I said, it's too big, Jake. You don't understand. It's too big. And he goes, yeah, well, you know what? The problem with you is you're trying to get to a big diamond in the middle of a massive mountain and you're trying to do it with nail clippers. <laughs> and I just I like, what, what the fuck? Yeah, I've got to think about that what? for a bit. <laughs> yeah. You're trying to get to the diamond in the mountain with nail. He goes, but if you get up and you put one foot in front of the other, I always tell them this. Mm. Then I promise you someone's going to come along with shovels and spades and help you get into that mountain more. And mum, if you don't give up, then someone's going to come across with bulldozers and diggers and we're going to get in there even quicker. And eventually, mum, someone's going to hand you the TNT dynamite stick and you're going to blow that mother thing up <laughs> and you're going to see the diamond and then your job is to get out there and show everyone else how to get theirs. Yeah. And I just well, looked at him at 10, oh, 10, 10 and I said, Jake, what? Where did that come from? And he goes, 
well, actually, it's this really cool PlayStation game. <laughs> and I was wondering if I could get it. And oh my I'll God. never forget it well. because he will never know. Yeah. That moment got me up off my floor. That's he crazy. drew me the mountain. Yeah. Um, and every now and again, over the next 10 years, would say to me, what level are we at? Have we hit the TNT? Have we got to the TNT? <laughs> um, and that became a metaphor for me. And I had that on the inside of my bathroom cupboard for 10 years um, until I reckoned I hit the TNT. Wow. And did you end up getting the money? Well, how I did that, maybe this isn't something I should share. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but um, I killed somebody. I just thought, <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. No. Um, I walked up to my little bar and walked into the four banks that I w- and asked them for the easiest way to get a credit card. And they said, we can give you 2000 uh, with no docs. And so four banks gave me $2,000 credit cards. That's how I started my business. Wow. Cool. Wow. That's always a way, eh? Oh, the, uh, did it die or? No. Sorry, the camera. <laughs> it wouldn't be dead. Oh, there we go. Oh, card full. Okay. Oh, we got that one rolling anyway. Yeah, yeah. we got the big one rolling. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's funny because we were talking about manifestation, and this is something that um me and Callum were talking about the other day, and how like, like just trust the universe and let let the universe handle the details. But this is a funny story. First, before I seen you guys yesterday, um, I I lost my aura ring, and I was telling myself in a survival mechanism because like a five hundred dollar ring tells your heart rate and all this, and um, I was like, fuck it, who cares? I don't, I'm over it. I know my body. I know what I. You know, I know when I feel good and when I feel bad. I'm, I think I've outgrown that ring. Anyway, I was fighting myself in my head because I was, I, I was hating that I lost it. And um, Callan's like, man, I've been reading this manifestation thing. And we, we've always talked about manifestation because we manifested this place. This, we shouldn't have got this place, but because we're just like, we're, we're going to get it. It was given to us on a silver platter. And um, with this ring, I was like, he's like, look, just manifest it. And I was like, all right. So we both said it out loud. Well, he said it out loud. And then I said it out loud by myself later. Um and I had this feeling of like, I'm not going to find this. Um, I mean, I don't even really want it. I don't, I don't think I'm going to find this now. And it was, with, and we had to say within 48 hours. Within 48 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And then surely one day it goes past and I'm like, I got a feeling like it might pop up in the back of my van. But to tell the story just quickly, it was in my jujitsu bag at jujitsu. And um, I put, I know I put it in there because I was going to put it up on the shelf at jujitsu. And I was like, no, I'll forget it there. I'll put it in my bag. Then the bag went to markets and, there's all sorts of stuff. It got tipped upside down a few times. So I'm like, it could be anywhere. I have no idea where it is. Anyway, I'm walking into, this is 47 hours later. I was walking into, and I was thinking about the ring just before I pulled up. And I was like, it's gone. Um, and I was walking in, I put my shoes on, my Doc Martens, and I was walking in to get a coffee. I saw you guys. And um, you went across the road. And then I was like, fucking, what is this in my toe? <laughs> Your toe? Yeah. It's like, there's something hard on my toe. And I'm like, you're fucking kidding me. I was like, and I felt it from the universe. It was like, a, you think you're smarter than me? Like, uh, yeah. yeah. It's uh, like, I pulled it out of my shoe. Oh yeah. my I was gosh. like, what the? And I'm talking like, it's, now, it's a game. <laughs> I, now I feel like you can have, I feel like it's fake. I feel like it's a digital yeah. world and it's fake. <laughs> and then you can have anything you want mm. as long as it's like, you know, I can't fly, but like, mm. um, and, and you got to put it out there and say within this time frame of 48 hours, whatever. But, I realized I've been asking people this because for me, it's on it's like a hundred percent hit rate. It's like, I need this, I need this. And it just happens. I need closure with this person. And they message me 10 minutes later. You know what I mean? This crazy shit. And the craziest one I said in the potty before is I was imagining some massage balm that I needed, walked in like 10 seconds later, I walked into the space and my clients gave me the massage balm as a gift and the same size I was thinking of, same brand everything and i was like whoa like all right <laughs> and and then last night i felt like the the queensland was going to lose in the origin and then it was like the momentum wasn't good and then i was like all right boys if manifestation is real they're going to come back and win this and then we all watched them just come back and win and i was like you all got to believe it now but then i asked people this is what i've noticed of now that i really believe this like it's not like 90 percent. like i actually believe this to a fact and um and i've been asking people and people don't know what they want I was like, you can have anything you want. What do you want? And they don't know what they want. Like it could be the smallest thing. Could be with this person or this, or I need, you know, some finances within a week in an unusual way. But they, I've been asking people and they can't give me an answer. So I've, I've realized that's what holds everyone back. Everyone's in, in a state of like limbo 
and they just don't know what they want. And once you know what you want, then it's, you you put it out there and you start making little choices based around that. I remember there was this thing in the Bible talking about, I actually haven't read the Bible, but I just know this for some reason. Um, this guy was asking God to protect him for these people coming, whatever. And he started building sentries like to protect it. So even though he was still putting his trust in God, he was still manifesting the defense against the whatever was coming to attack him. Mm. And like, that's what I mean. It's, it's almost about that. Like you'll be more aware. You'll do things up opportunity will come to you differently that you'll be aware. Oh, that's going to get me towards that thing I want. And you're not in um, autopilot. Yeah. That, yeah. that really brings up like what I was talking to Nick Perry about, about um, going all in. Like my manifestation yesterday was like, I want to go all in on everything that I do in life. I don't want to be half in half out on anything anymore. And I just said to the universe, like, show me the way, guide me the way. And he taught Nick Perry was talking about this, uh, the warrior archetype. And he's saying that like, no matter whether you're a male, female, the warrior, the inner warrior doesn't hack at things. It doesn't just go chop, 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 uh, hang for a bit, chop, chop, chop. It just cuts the head clean off. So whatever it is in life that you're not like, for, it's a good story. Like you go, you just went, fuck it. I'm going to the bank. I'm going to get credit cards. You just chop the head Could've clean done. off that. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? And that's but why you're here me, today. Let me add another part to it. I, so that's eight grand of the 40. Yeah, yeah, true. Oh, where's, so, where's the 32? So I didn't know what I was going to do, but I just knew I had $6,000 worth of oils being shipped to me. I had 5,000 copies of the book about to arrive, mm. and I had to sell this stuff. And anyway, out of the blue again, and I just really meditated on it, and out of the blue, a lady, a Kiwi lady here, um, just asked me for coffee out of the blue. And I thought, I really don't have time for this, but mm. I've put her off twice, meet you in Cotton Tree. And so we got there, we sat down, she said, and how are you? And I thought normally I'd say, yeah, I'm great, you know, everything's good. And I went, actually, life sucks in this particular moment, but this particular moment with you is lovely. Mm. She goes, tell me what's happening. So I told her what had happened. And I'm not joking. She leans down into a bag. She pulls out a checkbook and she wrote me a check for $20,000. Whoa. And it took me three years to pay that off. But she just said, I believe in you. You've got this. And the rest of it came when I sold all the oils. So how we did that was I thought, we've got to do a launch. I can't just have these products. I need a launch. Mm. And everyone was going, oh, no, Sunshine Coast is dead at night. You don't want to do anything at night. No one goes out. And I thought, no, stuff it. I'm doing this. And so I was driving along towards Maroochydore and I looked across at Mercedes-Benz and I loved that atrium. And I thought, I'm going to go in there and ask. So I walked into Mercedes-Benz and asked to speak to the managing director and I said, look, it's a long shop, but I've got a book called Like Chocolate for Women, love to release it with our 28 oils. He said, sure, what day? And it was in August and he goes, actually, that's perfect. We've got a chocolate-coloured Mercedes being launched in August as well. Wow. Why don't we have that sitting in the middle of the floor? So then I organised a big chocolate fountain. Sick. We sold tickets to our own book launch. Most people, you get invited, yeah. but we sold $20 tickets, $15 charge, uh, paid for the, a drink for everybody, and also some chocolates that we put on. I was, I'd been a Thermomix rep, so I got one of the Thermomix consultants in making chocolate things. It was just insane. Wow. Anyway, we were hoping for 50 to 75 people. We had 250 people come to that event. I asked some beautiful, significant women on the coast, Cindy was one of them, to be a speaker on the stage. Um, we had coverage. We, it was amazing. And not only that, we sold every single oil and every book that we had there that wow. night. So that paid for the other eight grand. So, wow. yeah. so that's, that's manifestation right there. That's that's yeah. that's that whole shit we just talked. Yeah, in a, in a, in a it's called E squared. It's just it's just a CD. Grout. Donald gave me the CD. It's called E squared. It's from Pamela or someone. But Grout. Mm. Pam Grout. Oh, is, oh, you know what? You yeah, know what? Yeah. Oh, cool. Know the book. Nice. I never knew it. I was just listening to the CD and I was like, it's amazing. It's, mm. it's like, it's really absolutely changed my life. So funny. You probably know all, all of that stuff and you just... Yeah, yeah like Pam Grouse. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're just like at the beginning of our journey. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bit older and wiser. You just sit back and go, mm, yes, these young men yeah. are growing. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. Uh, that was um, yeah, that was great. It's bloody... How long has it been on the... On the yeah, it's been yeah. about an hour. Yeah. But um, yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Like yeah. it's been... Yeah, we should have done it months ago. Yeah. And um, you've got your podcast too, the Self Love Podcast, which me and Callan have been on, and there's some great episodes on there. Yeah, 21 so, Essential Oils. I guess now that you've heard about Essential Oils, 
21's the gold 28, standard. 28, 28. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> sorry, Alan. Sorry, sorry, 28, 28. That's right. It's 21 I made the dream I wanted uh, to create a company called yeah, 28. Yeah, so there, you've, yeah. you've tapped into I that. Actually, I have the lemon one, actually. Oh, yeah. that's beautiful. So, so for a, um, a gallbladder flush, I'm going to be doing some. T- nice. Yeah, so nice. that'll be cool. Helen Patterin recommends 28, so. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Yeah. She's a beautiful soul. We're very lucky. You're right. Our tribe. Yeah. The tribe is. Um, they say you're you the reflection of the five people you hang out with the most. Um, I feel very blessed that in our industry, different ages, there's no age barrier with no. all of us. Mm. When we're all into the one thing, we feed off one another. There is something about really connecting into that tribal knowledge, something that I think us white people don't do so well, which is mm. probably why I love Indigenous cultures and things like that. Mm. But, you know, our elders, and at the beginning you said something about you know, the you know we don't revere or maybe look up to our elders as much, or they're sick, or they're in mm. care, or whatever. But in tribal cultures, the older you get, the more wrinkles you have, the more revered you are. Mm. And I just think in our day and age, when we're trying to get rid of wrinkles or try to you know fill our lips or our boobs or our butts or whatever <clears> it is, <throat> um, just tapping into that wisdom that we have with our forefathers and mothers, our elders, but also our peers. And, you know, I do. I look up to you both incredibly. You have amazing power. Um, And what we call in aromatherapy is when you pull the power of one oil with the power of another and create a blend, it's what we call a synergy blend. So the power of one and the power of one, most people would say, becomes two. But in aromatherapy, the power of one, the power of one becomes the power of nine. So whenever you blend, so you two coming together, Mm. all of the things that you offer is a very synergistic, um, powerful way of sharing what you guys have as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's cool. I wish that camera was on so I could get a reel of that. (laughs) Yeah, I guess we got that one over there. I got the good one. Yeah, at least that was working for most of it. I'll get a bigger. I can't believe it. We thought we were nailing this one. I got a 64 gigabyte card, and now I need to get. I don't know how. It's it just yeah. the universe reminding you. Yeah. Don't get cocky. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the but the thing you said about wrinkles too. Just before we wrap up, um, that's something that I've been dealing with lately. Just getting older. I'm 32 now, and I do have a little bit of anxiety about getting older. And it's the first time in my life I'm like, oh my god. Like sometimes I wake up and I look tired, and I'm like, you know, probably because I'm stressed and doing too much. Or, but I'm just like. Yeah, that's such a good. That's a, such a good point. Like our, our elders, um, I thought the other day to Callan, I'm like, I'd really love to create a tribe one day, like you know, like Cindy's farm or something like that, where you can bring your van or you can bring your house or whatever it is. But I think we need to get more back to that. Um, that tribal association is so important, and and looking after our elders, certainly when they're in their 80s, 90s, and things like that, when they've because they've got so much like wise stuff to tell you and teach you and experience and experience like that's and stories and looking after the grandchildren and that's what life is about i think we've kind of gone off a little bit from yeah that. like for mothers <laughs> you know what i mean imagine it, like a street and all these mums that are so drained and they got no milk and there's no one else to get the milk and the elders aren't there because they're sick from eating poor food their whole life and and that usually the elders would love looking after the children that's they'd right. love it you know and now that's all on the mother and it's like it's you see how it just doesn't work and how well, you, you, you know yeah. since we lost lauren who sadly gave birth and tragically passed mm-hmm. away after she gave birth in the uh, life is full of dichotomies extremes and the balance we can't have one without the other you can't have a negative charge without a positive charge we can't yeah. have a problem without not having the problem so everything mm-hmm. is always an opposing force and if we could just remember that sometimes in life we're at our absolute height and other times in our life we're at our low yeah but remember nothing stays the same and i always say to people in my audiences if you guys are a tough time right now just know from my heart to yours this too shall pass mm. and if you're in a great time in your life i've also got some advice this too shall pass so remember that it's always ebb and flow and if it wasn't we'd be flatlined but even in the tragedy of lauren the beauty that's come out from community women from all over australia are sending amazing breast milk to the sunshine coast there's over 130 liters of milk that have been delivered for little lucinda so you know that and then my grandmother just to finish on that with aging my 
grandmother always said, you know, it's a privilege to age and it's denied to many. Mm. So remember that as we age, you know, there's so many people who don't get to 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. So, you know, it is a privilege. And even though we get wrinkles and we may not move as best as we did, we're moving as great as we can as long as we apply the discipline. And you talked about the universal intelligence. It's all very good and well manifesting health or manifesting feeling great or manifesting aging gracefully. But the part you also mentioned in there is you've got to take action with it too. Mm. You can't just hope for it to come. You've actually got to take real focused intent And when we look at the neural pathways of the brain and the way that the science works with how we think and feel, it only takes an event to have occurred in your past to have a neural pathway that if another event with the same feelings comes up, we think that's the only way to operate. But the brain, the neuroplasticity and the way that we can alter the way we think takes discipline, intent and focused attention and when you get rid of negative emotions and beliefs when you take massive action and then focus on what you want not what you don't want then the world really does become your oyster amen to that amen (laughs) it's perfect yeah that was a nice little sign off i wish we had a mic that i could drop (laughs) (laughs) yeah mic you get to mic that drop fine drop that mic fine yeah 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 thank thank you so much for the podcast and um Let's have some coffees. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Uh, love you both. Catch you. you guys. Much Bye. love. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family. And head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.